Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Anna in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. You might not have heard about Anna. It's a uh, Luc Besson, Luc Besson film uh, that came out just the past, well, I guess, not exactly sure what date this is going to go up, uh, but probably at least a week before <laughs> you're seeing this episode. Uh, Luc Besson film, small film, uh, not making a ton of money, but if you're not familiar with Luc Besson, uh, he made The Fifth Element, Valerian, Lucy, um, La Femme Nikita, The Extraordinary Adventures of Adele Blanc-Sec, and uh, perhaps most famously, uh, Lyon, The Professional. And Anna is his newest film. It is... um, It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's an action spy thriller heavier on the the spy thriller than the action there's you know maybe one big action sequence in the film that I I kind of I really enjoyed actually but uh, the vast majority of it is is spy thriller drama Uh, is anchored by Sasha Luss who has only ever been in Valerian uh, and the city of a thousand planets Uh, she is a uh, maybe still still a model not, uh, definitely was a model, uh, perhaps still is, has been for many years. Uh, also stars Luke Evans, Helen Mirren, Killian Murphy, among others. And it's, it's kind of a cross between Red Sparrow and Atomic Blonde. That's kind of the best way I could describe it. You know, it has all the sort of, it's got the Russian element, the, the, seductress honeypot angle that Red Sparrow was was very much um, taking and it features enough action you know it you know it has good action in it uh, that really hits home in the way that that Atomic Blonde did you know I don't think the action is as good as it was in Atomic Blonde and uh, as great as I think Sasha Luss is at portraying the action and, and being that a woman you know, taking that role and being physical and, and doing those things. Uh, I don't think she's as good as Charlize Theron. On the other side, uh, the thriller spy element, the Russian side of things, uh, there are times where she definitely does better than Jennifer Lawrence did in Red Sparrow, but, uh, you know, they're not always there. And, you know, part of that is just, you know, inexperience. You know, she's ha- this is really her first major role, so there's not a lot to draw on and but on the other hand you know she is Russian <laughs> which Jennifer Lawrence is not um, so she has the accent side of things down and Here, here's the here's the problem here's the problem here's the problem this is a movie much like Red Sparrow where the primary theme at least as stated by Anna and and, uh, by the movie, is her freedom. Okay? Her... She does a lot of things, good and bad things, and 
all along the way, at every turn, her desire, her, her goal is freedom. She wants to be able to do the things she wants. She wants to make her own choices. She wants to live for herself, not for anyone else. And that's a commendable goal. I think we all want that. Uh, but the, the the events surrounding her in these move in this movie is they they don't quite sync up with those goals. And I guess what I mean by that uh, is not that the the things she does specifically are are working act, actively working against her, but the way the film is presented, and I think this is so much to do with Luke Besson uh, as anything else. You know, she's supposed to be this powerful woman who, you know, is is trying to take charge of her life. And at times she comes across that way. But in others, she is, uh, you know, a tool. At others, she is, you know, objectified. And, uh, you know, there are shots in this movie that really damage that that theme and, and damage what the movie is trying to say if it's, you know, if it's actually trying to say that at all. And I, I just, I found that so frustrating because, and, and you know, we get in dozens of movies like this, uh, three in the last, you know, year or two. But it seems like the majority of them, uh, helmed by a man, written by Luke Besson as well, uh, just kind of th- their sensibilities and and their intentions are just not quite as as pure as you know the film at times might have you believe. Uh, there is I don't know like one male character in this movie that uh, Anna is not sexually involved with ever. You know either if if she's not killing the person or fucking them. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's no point, and and it shows in how her relationship with all these guys is those two things. And yes, she tells us how often she wants to get away from that life and get away from that world. But the movie and the way it's shot and the way it's presented, the way it's depicted and the way it's framed uh, is is always working against that. Whether it's you know, you know, focusing on parts of her body as opposed to her, you know, putting her in various states of undress when her male counterparts are fully clothed in a suit with a tie on. Um, you know, even the way Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren's character, who, you know, is fine, I suppose, uh, is constantly bundled up. Constantly, you know, I mean, Helen Mirren is, isn't, you know, a 20-something woman, but she is, you know, hardly without, you know, a, 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 an attractive physique. And this movie goes out of its way to completely cover it up, to completely hide it in favor of Anna. And every other woman in this movie is a model, pretty much. And shown modeling uh, in various states of undress. And it just... it. it I feel like a different director, a different writer, maybe could could do this and and have this story and have these scenes and make them as a make them a statement, make them meaningful, make them part of the 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 message, 
and I don't think Luke Passan is that person. Uh, you know, he he wants to be maybe. And I, I think you look through the films that he's made, and it's a lot of you know female led, uh, trying to um, you know take control of their own lives, sort of a thing. And that's great, but he's just he's really not good at it. You know, I, I don't think Lucy is very good. Um, uh, you know, Valerian is not good. The Extraordinary Adventures of Adela Blancsec is okay. Uh, and and the good the movies of his that I really enjoy that I like the Fifth Element. It's not really what that's about. Leon the Professional uh, is perhaps the only film where there's a semblance of of that female empowerment storyline, but it's coming from Natalie Portman as, you know, a 12-year-old, and, and it's a very different style, it's a very different film, and, and Anna, Anna, you know, being this 20-something woman of the world who, you know, speaks five languages, um, who in five years has become, you know, one of the top assassins in the KGB, she's still always, ever, a puppet. Not to mention, another thing that is very, very frustrating about this movie is flashbacks. Or I guess they're not even really flashbacks, but it's just the way the story is told. It's It starts out with a, a scene, and then it goes five years later. And then we go two years, or, or two year, five years earlier, two years later, three years later, back to where we were. And then we see some more stuff play out, and then it goes six months earlier, three months later. And then we go again, it's like a month earlier. And, and it just, it keeps getting to us, us to a point, and then it re, it, it changes the dynamic between some of the characters, and then it's like, oh, well, how did that happen? Let's go back and find out. And, you know, I, we, you see this in, like, the Mission Impossibles and things like that, and I, I think Bassan is just very heavy-handed in the way that he does that. Every time, you know, the five years earlier thing came across the screen, it's just eye-rolling, like, really? Do you have to... Do you have to do it this way? Does it have to be so in-your-face, so blatant, so obvious that, you know, it, it comes across as, like, look how smart I am. Look how much I can deceive you. Look how much I can, you know, pull the wool over your eyes. And that's not fun. That's not fun. You know, this isn't memento. This isn't the story being told backward. This is the story starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and rewinding and fast-forwarding and rewinding and fast-forwarding. And that that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't come across as real in that way. You know, we're not watching events play out in real time. We're not watching events play out in chronological order or reverse chronological order or with any semblance of, of a real pace. You know, like I, I love Nolan and I love the way Nolan plays with time in his movies, but this is not playing with time. This is just, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you could really make this movie and tell it absolutely in chronological order and, and have that be, you know, suspenseful and, and feel real, but uh, the way it is presented, it just does not work for me. The thing that works best, the thing that worked best for me, and, and I, I kind of mentioned this already, was there's a big action piece about a third of the way through the movie, maybe closer to a half of the way through the movie, um, 
where Anna is asked to kill somebody in a restaurant, and uh, she has five minutes to kill them, get their phone, and get out the back. She's given a gun, and you know she wears this nice big white fur coat. She walks in, she gets past the, the maitre d' and goes over to, finds the target, comes around the corner, draws the gun on him in front of everyone else, uh, and fires the gun, and it's not loaded. And I loved this, actually. I thought this was so good. It was such an interesting way to start it, um, an action sequence. And she's thrown off. She has to re recalibrate and, and figure out what to do and how to where to go from there. Meanwhile, all of us now she's got you know dozens of people attacking her. She doesn't have a weapon. Some of them do, and it's about her figuring out how to get out of this situation alive. Uh, not even just alive, but like also complete the task that was assigned to her. And I thought it might be a touch long, and and I found myself at times you know looking in the backgrounds of that of this action sequence and wondering how there were still more patrons like in the way. Uh, you know, how big is this restaurant? It felt like there were five, it was five times larger than it actually was because, you know, five minutes into the action sequence, there are still people running around her to get away. And I, I just, it seemed ridiculous that there would still be people left in it. But other than that, the actual action choreography, I think, was really strong. Uh, and as I said before, Sasha Lust sells it great. She, she's really good in, in those moments, and I think her physicality in this role is probably the most commendable element. Uh, that, you know, there's also Luke Evans and Killian Murphy, and they play uh, kind of counterparts um, in the KGB and the CIA in this movie. And they are fine. I don't know, like Luke Evans has the has the accent, and you know, he's playing a Russian, and I don't, you know, he's Welsh, and I thought the accent was okay, but, you know, I could definitely hear, I, like, watching him act, and, and watching his voice, and hearing his voice, it was just, he's putting on an accent, he's putting on an accent, he's putting on his ac an accent, and it never felt like he fully melted into the character. Uh, Killian Murphy, being Irish, was playing an American, and I thought he did great. I thought he, he you know, Killian, I love Killian Murphy. I think he's fantastic. And um, this was, I don't know, the movie doesn't really ask much from him. I thought his best scene is like his first scene when he's, uh, or I guess it's the second scene. He's interrogating Anna um, about something that she might have information about. And uh, I thought he does a good job in that, but most but everything outside of that scene, I, the movie doesn't ask too much from him, and uh, he kind of just floats along through. Uh, the other mainish character is, ooh, I'm not gonna remember, Anna Kripa. No, it's Lyra Abova, who is another model that Anna gets close to and ultimately lives with for a time uh, during the movie. Uh, she. I thought like this was kind of a throwaway role and it didn't really impact the movie at all. Uh, but there is one scene, I think it's uh, Abova's last scene as uh, Maud, where she interacts with Killian Murphy's character. And I thought she does a pretty decent job in that. 
you know, holding back and, and releasing the emotion as appropriate uh, given the circumstances she's in. So I, you know, I thought she did an okay job. Um, it's a stylish movie. It's, uh, but, you know, it's nothing I haven't seen before. You know, there are competently directed moments, but equally incompetently directed moments throughout the film from start to finish. And Sasha Luss is fine. Um, most of the time, I think she really excels whenever the role, uh, whenever the film asks her to do something more physical. Um, not only the action sequences, but just, you know, when it's, you know, she's a model. She knows how to display herself. She knows how to move to to suit what the camera wants. And I think she does a really good job of that. And when she's, you know, got to sort of engage with other characters, I think sometimes it slips out a little bit. Sometimes she slips off. Uh, one of her first, her first scene in the movie uh, that she shares with Luke Evans, I really like that scene, you know, and it's just the two of them sitting and talking. But I thought Sasha Loss's presence in that moment uh, was probably better than Luke Evans, and maybe that has to do with Luke putting on a Russian, <laughs> Russian accent. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's that's it's pretty much it. You know, not gonna get into too many spoilers or any spoilers. I thought um, there's a lot of twists. Like I said, you know, we get a twist and then we reveal how it happened, and um, I don't know. Like the twists were fine uh you know after the first one i'm just like after i figured out like what the format of this movie was going to be you know with the get to a point and like go back you know it does it three maybe four times you know after the first one i was like okay well then when does this thing happen okay when does this thing happen um there's actually outside of the uh, action sequence the other the, my other favorite scene from this movie uh involves um sasha Luss and killian murphy's characters um in a I don't know how to describe it without kind of spoiling it. Um, it involves their two characters and it, a sense of urgency and uh, and a hotel. And if you've seen the movie, I think you probably know what that is. I, it's a really interesting scene and probably the only scene in this movie that I've never seen in a spy thriller. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a really, uh, a really good moment for this movie. Uh, Killian Murphy is fantastic in this scene. Uh, Sasha Luss is great in this scene, and uh, it, it really worked on me. So it's kind of a long movie. It's almost two hours long, but there are definitely moments in it that are, are interesting and worth seeing. I uh, wouldn't say you know go out and see it in the theater, but you know catch it at home, flipping through the channels or you know something in the background. There are definitely moments worth paying attention to even if the film may not be worth all of your time and all of your attention. So, Anna. That is Anna. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, you know, like, uh, I've only seen, you know, six or seven Luc Besson films, and I think each one kind of makes me less and less interested in, in exploring his filmography. You know, I haven't seen La Femme Nikita, I haven't seen The Big Blue, I haven't seen Arthur and the Invisibles, or Subway, or Angela, or The Messenger, the story of Joan of Arc, or Arthur 2 and Arthur 3. There's three Arthur movies? Oh my goodness. Um, so, 
So there's that. Uh, yeah. Luke Besson. Anna. Anna. That's it for today's episode. Uh, you know, like I've said, you know, I'm recording a bunch of these early ahead of time, so uh, this one in particular kind of gets a little bit of a short shrift. Uh, you know, n- in normal time, uh, normally I probably wouldn't have even reviewed this for the podcast, but um, times are tough. Times are tough. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find them on circleoffilm.com or most places where podcasts can be found, including iTunes. If you want to support the show, you can like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do, wherever you are. Uh, or you can head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm and become a patron for as little as eight cents an episode. You can find me at circleoffilm on Twitter or Letterboxd. You can email circleoffilm at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same Wait a minute, wait a minute